Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Empire. You thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the urban sports scene. You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with myself, Wole, and Will T. Ray Jeezy is out with, and we are also part of Ampire Media. Media, You can check us out at AmpireMedia.com. Will T., what's good, my man? Nothing much, man. I think you said it wrong. It's supposed to be the Urban It's Will and the Urban Sports. Oh, that's right. That's right. I, I forgot. Let me, let me, can, matter of fact, you do the intro, Will. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do it, bro. Good evening, everyone. You're listening to the Urban Sports Scene. Excuse me. You're listening to Will featuring the Urban Sports Scene. All right. It's all right. Tonight it's all... featuring Wole. Featuring Wole. Oh, wow. We went. Okay. Featuring Wole. Okay. I got devoted to featuring. That's cool. Hey, hey, bro. Like you said, it's your show, man. I'm, I'm here for you, man. I'm here for you. Hey. hey. So what's going on, man? Today's a good day for me, man. I'm not going to lie. As a Laker fan, today's a great day. Like, it's an amazing day. Oh, man. Listen. Listen. For Lakers fans... I listen. I've long con- I contended. I, I said this last year. Mm-hmm. The Lakers lost the championship when they let Dwight Howard go. Yeah, because of what he's able to do for them defensively, mm-hmm. they're able to erase a lot of mistakes. So I'm not going to go as far as to say the Lakers are going to win the championship next year, but I think they definitely have put themselves in a position to make a run at least to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, I think I agree, Will T. I agree. I just think also, you know, you're adding Monk, a younger a younger player, and he gets an opportunity basketball team. Um, so he's an opportunity to kind of showcase his talents because this team needs a player like him. Uh, and, and again, we're not I mean, we're not really going to talk about the Lakers, but I'm just saying they need a player like him on their roster because this is a DMV team, I a DMV show, and I don't want to go all in on my on my Lakers. I was kind of geeked, though. That's all I'm going to say. I was kind of geeked. Because of it, and you know, real, I mean, I, I think a lot of bas- I think a lot of NBA fans should be geek, man. You know, you had mm-hmm. the draft last Thursday, then mm-hmm. you had free agency start Monday. Yeah, you still have USA basketball in contention for a gold medal. Mm-hmm. If you're a basketball fan, man, it's been a, it's been an exciting couple of days. Sure has, man. It sure has. Um, you're 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 all again. Uh, I mentioned Ampire Media. Amp um, Ampire Media. Hosts multiple DMV sports podcast shows, such as the John Con Report, hosted by ESPN Washington football team insider John Con and Jones Football, hosted by USA Today insider Mike Jones. You can also subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, uh, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio iHeart and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. This show can be found on Podcast DC, the new local app with hundreds of options and local news and health in the DMV region. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all the Empire shows as well as the other great uh, content. Don't forget to tweet us at 
urban sports scene and to hit us up on our urban sports scene facebook page also join our urban sports scene facebook group search urban sports scene sports bloggers sports podcasters and sports debate will t let's get into our tradition the pregame here's what we have on tap tony mcgee's pro football plus Washington football team reporter Donna Hopkins, the great Donna Hopkins, will join the show to talk about the start of the Washington football team training camp. At 8.30, we'll talk about the Washington Wizards' NBA draft selections uh, selections of the offseason moves, including the Wizards trading Russell Westbrook to the Lakers, founder of Double Take Sports, co- and co- well, co-host of the Triple W podcast and Sports Journeys, Washington Wizards reporter Karita Parks uh, will jump will join us to talk about that. Uh, the plan well to talk about that on the uh, talk about that and much more. That's a lot. I'm sorry, y'all. They traded away Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. Uh, Kevin Nibley from Talk Nats will join <laughs> will join us to discuss. That Mike Rizzo, he listened to the show. <laughs> he better listen, bro. To the show. Hey, but first, right now we have. <laughs> but first, right now we have Tony McGee's Pro Football Plus Washington Football Team reporter Donna Hopkins on the line. What's good, Donna? What's up, fellas? You know what? You all were going to make me go into that basketball. I know, Doc. You're talking about the Lakers. But you know what? I'm not going to go there because we're talking football. You're not going to make me go there. I was biting my tongue while I was. I know you were. But, but I'm not going to even get into the Lakers and the basketball part. I'm going to leave that to the freedom. Go Dwight. I'm Oh man, Will, the floor is yours, my man. <laughs> All right, I already been, I already been Wally's ear yesterday. I know that's why I ain't saying nothing, Don. That's why I kept the quiet. I'm, okay. hey, I kept the peace. <laughs> all right. Yeah, so I'm First not all, gonna how go you... there. <laughs> but I'm how gonna you like doing the this evening, too. Donna? I'm doing. How you doing this evening? What's up, Will? <laughs> <laughs> nothing much. Um, have a question for you. You've been covering this team in uh, training camp. Now we know of the suspension of. Uh, Daniel Snyder, him being suspended indefinitely from running the day-to-day operations of the team. From your sense and, you know, you being around the team, have you gathered that anything is different this year opposed to years past when he's been um, the figurehead of the organization? Uh, you, well, you can see a shift overall. I mean, just with Ron Rivera there, and now, like you said, Dan Snyder is not out there, but it was good to see Jason uh, Jason and, and Tanya Snyder out that practice in Richmond on uh, Friday. Uh, so it was, I mean, they, they were entrenched in the, the fanfare and rallying up the fans and just being visible, you know. And Tanya Snyder was out at practice, you know, one night practice also at Richmond. So it was kind of good to see how she has really entrenched herself into really being a part of the organization and really being more visible this year than she has in the past because of the situation that happened with the Washington football team. So I think that, you know, this team is looking to take it in another direction. And I was telling someone about the experience that you have in Baltimore when you walk up to the the stadium and before you get there, they have all kind of activities and stuff like that. So I think this Washington football team is trying to bring back, you know, since the fans weren't there last year, is to bring back, the, you know, the fans and, and have them be confident in 
what the direction that they're taking this team. So it was kind of good to see that out there in Richmond. All right, one more follow-up, one more, not a follow-up question, but rather another question for you. Um, <clears throat> we've heard uh, Ron Rivera express his concern slash frustration over the lack of players being um, vaccinated, for lack of a better word, for COVID-19. Do you anticipate that uh, there'll be potential breakouts? Of, or I know this is some, this isn't easy for you to answer, but you know, how do you, how do, does it, do you get a sense that this team has kind of a backup plan if there is a large breakout amongst a certain position group? See, that, that's going to be tough because already throughout the the week in Richmond they had six players to be placed on the COVID protocol list. And it was some starters that was placed on there, some big name guys. Um, so it's already concerned. You talk about a, a team last year that handled this well and didn't really have any cases much uh, throughout the whole season. And that's because it was more so teams were in kind of like a bubble type situation. But once things started to be opening up nationwide, you saw more cases come up, and, and most of the guys that have gotten the that's on the protocol list, COVID protocol list, is linemen, which are always in their in each other's faces a little bit more. So it's a concern because uh, Ron Rivera was asked that question as far as how do you, you know, work this out, you know, moving forward, and we already know that the NFL has come out with a mandate, a strict mandate, trying to get players to get vaccinated is that you may lose, have to forfeit a game or a paycheck, depending on which team caused the, the games to be canceled. And they don't have a chance to make up games this year because it's an extra game on the schedule. So I think that he somewhat has a game plan. But remember last year when Denver didn't even have a quarterback to, to, to play in a game, you know, because of the COVID situation. So I think that you may see a little bit more of that, uh, being that uh, uh, quite a few players on this Washington football team have not gotten vaccinated. It may be like 30-some people still, but one of those 30-some people are starters on a 53-man roster. What do you do in that situation? So I think he, he has to work this out as it goes along because you just don't know, and I'm sure he has somewhat of a game plan, but, you know, you, 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 you just don't know how you're going to really handle this until the situation presents itself. Like in practice last week, two linemen was taken out of practice because I guess, you know, they had to be put on the COVID protocol list. So I think this is going to be a concern across, not just for this football team, but across the NFL, if you don't have more players, uh, you know, being vaccinated. And a few more did get vaccinated last week in Richmond, but so many more need to take place. And, you know, what's your question about, does Ron Rivera have a game plan? I'm sure that he has some sense of how he may handle this, but you just don't know because it's, a, it's, it's you know, which players are going to come up testing positive. Uh, so I think it's just uh, you got to take it day by day. And, you know, like you said, he's frustrated because you you got a coach that's uh, uh, system is compromised because of going through the cancer and the treatment last year. 
So you would have thought that a lot more players would rally behind him in getting the vaccine, not just for him, but as a team overall. Yeah, I agree, Donna. I think that if you're Coach Rivera, you look at it like we're a family. Uh, we're supposed to be a family or brotherhood. And, you know, I've, I had to go through this, you know, this ordeal and a serious situation with cancer. And, I'm, you know, your immune system is obviously compromised. And, you know, just the, just looking out for me, you know, it'd be good if most of you all get the vaccine. Uh, because if I catch it, you know, who knows what can happen, even if I'm vaccinated. You know, again, my, my immune system is compromised. So even with the vaccine, there is a chance that something can happen to me. And some of your leaders are starting to step forward. Uh, I know that a day ago, Terry McLaurin, wide receiver Terry McLaurin, stepped up and, you know, tried to rally the, the, his other teammates to get the vaccine. And so hopefully more players speaking up um, that other guys will kind of like a heed to it. And I don't know, you know, what the, thing, the funny thing about it is, and I say that, you know, using that, is that, they wanted more information, so the team brought in, you know, different people to explain the whole situation, mm-hmm. give them more details to be able to make a decision. But it comes to a point where how much more do you have to know? Uh, <laughs> is people dying and, you know, this, this Delta variant is out and it's easier to catch more so than the first go around. So I don't know what, you know, what more do you need to know with the information is out there. It just comes down to a system. Uh, uh, it's a situation where you either going to take it or you're not. And hopefully, you know, you don't affect somebody where, you know, your coach ends up being sick because of this or mm-hmm. other people in general. Definitely, definitely. Well, let's go to training camp talk, the actual performance, because I don't want people listening saying, thinking that we're being political or whatnot. Um, so what we're are... Being com- com- <laughs> political, we're just being I know, but you know how people are, Donna. They take everything and they, t- they go left and right with it. You know what I mean? A lot of people are like just yeah. talk sports, just talk sports. <laughs> you can't be real life. You can't have like a you can't have a real life thought process. But um, all right, the training camp started like started like last week. We're all talking about training camp. For you, what were some of the big? Uh, what are some of the surprising storylines in camp? I think the competition at wide receiver is going to be one to just watch because you got nine guys that have really been playing well. I mean, overall. And, and, and a Coach Ron Rivera said that in a situation where you've got that much talent and you know you're only probably going to keep six receivers at max, and, and, and some of those guys are going to make it because of their special teams play, which is the key. But when you look at the wide receiver uh, core, I mean, you know, you've got Terry McLaurin, which is a, a shoe-in as far as that, and then you've got Deontay Brown, which is the rookie, which he has been most impressive in his training camp because I think he had a solid four days in Richmond. Mm-hmm. He's got speed. Uh, I mean, he gets open. Uh, and they like what they see in him so, so so far. And he seems to get better each each, each uh, day that you see him playing. He, he's a playmaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you've got, you know, the Andre Carter, which this guy is a special teams guy. He's going to be a uh, uh, returning punt. And uh, I think that that almost shoes him in because, you know, that's an area last year that the punt returning, kick mm-hmm. returning, you, had to, you know, it was shaky right there. And I know that Steven Sims had, was also a return man. Um, so he's going to be fighting to get on this team. And then you got Cam Sims, who is a big target, and he's had a pretty good 
camp overall, too. You know, the thing about him, people said, well, he make a big play and then he drops the ball and whatever. But you can't get big targets. And they like him a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, then you've got uh, Antonio Gandhi Golden, who mm-hmm. has also played well. Kevin Harmon is back off, off, you know, off that injury that he had, and he looks good. I mean, pretty solid. He's he's a good special teams player. So you look at him to say, well, you know, if he's on the bubble, then that special teams may carry him over that. And you know, and then you get Adam Humphreys, who. I think he's he, he's a shoe in to make this team also, and then Isaac Wright. So when you look at that core of receivers, you're like, wow, we got a good group right there. And then you know the that that the running back position to me is 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 pretty solid too because Antonio Gibson, he still got some broken backs back there in Richmond because some of the moves that he put on them, and you know he's coming back from the toe injuries, and he don't like anybody to talk about that. But he looks really good in training camp. And like I said, I watched him one practice, and he broke my neck because I was like, what kind of move was that? I mean, his his, his cutbacks and everything is pretty nice to, to, to watch. And hopefully he can stay healthy because, you know, he's so key coming out the backfield also, along with, you know, running, uh, you know, catching out the backfield. And then you've got J.D. McKissick, who has played well and looks good. Um, but but the next positions are going to be up for grabs uh, as far as Peyton Barber, Lamar Miller, and Gerard uh, Patterson. So all of the, the running backs have really looked pretty impressive. But the key thing I think that's going to take them over the edge is blocking who can block better between those last three guys I talked about and also who can catch the ball out of the backfield, you know, too. Other position is the tight end of him. You know he's going to be a playmaker, but – the question is, who's who's after him? And and most of all these guys like John Bates and Hemingway and Sammy Reed, which which he was hurt. He he uh, nicked his his knee in practice today. Um, so I know Lake Lewis, one of our friends, uh, says that that's that's who he thinks gonna make it. But because he's a good blocker, and and that's what it's gonna come down to. Who who's the better blocker? Because you know the tight ends more so. Uh, they want them to block. Um, and, but Logan Thomas was basically a, a tight end that caught a lot of balls because of the fact that they didn't have the receiving core. So so the tight end position is one to watch closely to see who's going to be that backup behind Logan Thomas. And on the offensive okay, side you- of the ball also, the you know, the offensive line got pushed around a lot by the defense in Richmond. So uh, it, it's, you know, you know, it's question marks as far as how well they're going to play. And I didn't even mention the quarterback situation yet. We'll get to that. We'll get to that one, Danny. Donna, we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll get there. Uh, Donna, I do have one one more additional question for you. What are some of the stories or storylines that the fans should be paying attention to during um, training camp so far? Well, I, I – the the storylines I think more so is they just the, the, the they're happy to be back out there but I I think that uh, the storylines on defense is is one, the defensive line I, I don't think that anybody will be surprised that they are tough but I think on the, on the defensive side also on the defensive line is Monte Sweat has really stepped up I mean when 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 you watched him out at 
uh, training camp in Richmond, he's more vocal. It's almost like he's more sure of himself. I thought, I thought that he should have been part of the Pro Bowl last year with his play. But I think I that agree. he stepped up to be a more vocal leader, and he's got that swagger about him this, this year. Um, and I think that fans are seeing a, a different uh, Monte Sweat this year than they've had seen in the past. So that's one of the storylines there. And I think the other storyline for the fans is Terry McLaurin and just the leadership role that he's taken as far as him being more vocal, even more so this year. Uh, I saw that out at OTAs earlier during the year. And, and you could just see his leadership and, and you know, his, his play even has gotten even better. Um, but I think that that's another storyline, those two guys on the defensive side and the offensive side. And the other storyline, I guess, it would be at the safety position mm-hmm. where you've got Landon Collins, who is coming back off of that Achilles injury. And, you know, when you look at his play before he got injured last year, and it could be him trying to figure out the defense and so forth, but he struggled last year. But he's had a strong camp so far this year, and that's another storyline for the fans to probably watch Mm -hmm. because, I mean, do you start him and then you've got Cam Curl and then you've got McClain. McClain plays uh, um, a little more of, of, of cornerback. But I think that position as far as, how do you intergrind those two guys, uh, uh, Collins and and Curl, in into that uh, the lineup as far as taking them in and out? And so uh, Collins has stepped back up, and he's like, it's like, wow, he's mm-hmm. his play has really has been well. And I think the other thing that the fans are probably the storyline is the quarterback situation. I mean, I know mm. we're going to talk about that a little bit. Like right now. Um, but, <laughs> well, well, well we, we can hop on. Yeah, hop right now. Talk about right now, Donna. Uh huh. Go right into it. Storyline because. Yeah, it's a good storyline because I have questions there, and, mm-hmm. and, and I'm not for sure if the fans are secure about, you know, the play of the quarterback right now because I think that. They struggled uh, down in Richmond. I saw some good things. I saw a lot of things that need to to, to improve overall. And I know that uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick has been, you know, uh, the the starter, deemed the starter. Um, and and it, then you've got, you know, Kella uh, um, Heineke, yeah. you know, backing them up. And then you got Cal Allen who has you know, played well, and he, but he got nicked uh, the ankle a little bit in Richmond. But I still think there's a storyline there because um, Fitzpatrick, I saw a lot of balls being batted down by the defense. And I mm. know everybody's going to say, man, he's gone up against one of the greatest <laughs> defensive lines in, in the Washington football team. But he got a lot of balls batted down. See? Uh-huh. Uh, and, 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 they, and they wasn't even coming at him full speed, but that, but. A lot of times he probably would have got sacked. Mm-hmm. And then he hit some things, too. Mm-hmm. I think that Heineken gives you a better chance in some instances to extend the, the, the play because mm-hmm. of his feet. And and um, so, I'm, I'm and, and like I said, Cal does some – Cal Allen did some good things. But it is it, it, – and I know that uh, Patrick said that he's still learning uh, Scott Turner's uh, offensive – scheme and mm-hmm. getting comfortable with the receivers and hopefully you know as we go along in the next four weeks and and, and he'll get more comfortable with that 
that you'll see improvement in his. And I know everybody say he's a journeyman and he's been around. He started some and he's backed up and all of those things. But at the at the end of the day, I want to see that veteran play be mm-hmm. solid, mm-hmm. more solid than it is right now. Yeah, I'm with you with the, with the I mean the quarterback. You know we talked about this before. Uh, with the quarterback, with Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, he's a gamer to me. So we'll see how he is, you know, in game situations. But um, so I want to ask you this. So if it was you, would you be would you be leaning towards Taylor Heineke over a Ryan Fitzpatrick from what you saw at camp, from what you've been seeing in camp? I, I don't think that one has outshined the other yet. Okay. they both done some good things, uh, you know. Uh, so nobody has really, you know, uh, made that 100% move yet that say, oh man, his play is so solid out there that yeah, he should be the other, the, be the starter. I don't think that that is there yet from from either player. Yet. Okay. I, I like I said, I think that Heineken has done some good things. I mean, his his long ball seems to be a little more accurate, but mm-hmm. but Ron, you know, he reads defenses and so forth. Although those better balls a lot things down, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, he's a he's shorter, but I think it's going to be a telltale because training camp is training camp. You don't know until they get into the first preseason game and they're playing a, a, a across the ball from the other opponent. Of course. And that's when you're going to be able to tell a little bit more about the blocking of the offensive line. Is he is he is he's going to ha- is he going to have the protection? Whether it's Heineken in there or uh, Fritz Pat- Patrick or or you know, that's going to be the telltale. And I don't think anybody has really stepped up to that, that I can say that they've looked great in practice all the way around. Okay. That, that hasn't happened yet. Okay. So, Don, before I let you go, I do have one, one last question before I let you go. If we had to give a Donna award, you know what I mean, is the, the most outstanding person you've seen so far in the in training camp, which player would get that award? Right receiver, Brown. Yami oh, Brown. Wow. Okay. Wow, yeah. he's that good. Yeah, okay, because he's because he 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 doesn't look like he fears anybody. I mean, he's going up against all the cornerbacks and beating them and making plays. And he's I haven't seen him drop really many balls. I don't. I remember one practice he didn't drop one ball. Mm. And 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 the great thing about this Washington football team this year is that they've got speed. They, mm. They're a young group. They've got speed. Um, which they haven't had this kind of speed before. So he's the one to me that I would say that has impressed me the most uh, right now. All right, got the Donna Stella Award. That's what I'm talking about. I like to hear De'Ami Brown. Got yeah, All right, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. That is what I'm talking So, Donna, before I let you go, uh, how can our listeners catch catch the show? I mean, your show, the Tony McGee uh, Pro Football Plus Show. And also, how can yeah. they hit you up on social media? And please plug all of your social media and don't leave out the one, the one we were talking about last night. Okay, now you can go. <laughs> I, I, why you to I'm just saying, Donna. I'm just saying. I did this on purpose. I I know how you are. There you go. I, 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 I know you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know you. Tony uh, G Pro Football Plus is on Mid-Atlantic Sportsnet, Nathan. Uh, we're we're getting ready to do kick off the season uh, later on this month, but you can catch us on, you know, uh, the social media outlets. Uh, my Instagram is DJ Hop, uh, and also Twitter. And I know Wally, you telling me get back to look. I I I even know your tw- I, I even know your Twitter handle, Donna. It's at Donna Hopkins. 
and a bunch of underscores. See, I already know you. I know your Twitter handle. Oh, there you go. Probably me up and find me. Yeah, she's yeah, exactly because she's that famous. All you gotta do is hit her on, put her, put her name on Google, and she's everywhere. She's everywhere. She's (laughs) she's on Good Morning America. She's on everywhere. She's that she's that person. Hey, 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 Wally! It's just because I'm working hard. I see you, Donna. I told you a star. I told you this, Donna. You a star, hands down. (laughs) Hey Donna, thanks for being on it. You know I appreciate you. We're about to have a uh, Karita on the I'll other side of the town. With you, and you know it, Donna. You know it. Thank Anytime. You, appreciate next time y'all gotta let me. Next time y'all got a clue being on the Lakers talk. Oh, we got. Oh, Donna, we got you. I, I got you. I don't necessarily agree with you all. I know you don't. I know. I, I know. Yeah. That's why I said it in the beginning. Cause I, I knew you didn't. Movie. I knew she didn't. That's why I said yeah. it in the beginning. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna talk well, we, about. We, I'm not fans, fans. I'm not talking about that because they're gonna be riled up. Oh, well, man. we'll definitely have you back throughout the, um, you know, as the season we get closer to basketball season for you to give us your thoughts. Definitely. All right. All right, Donna. Guys, as always, <laughs> it's a pleasure. Have a great one. Same here. Appreciate you. Thank you, Donna. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. Bye. All right. Again, that was Tony McGee's Pro Football Plus Washington football team reporter, Donna Hopkins. Uh, she's amazing. She's one of my favorite folks. All right. The, the Wizards traded away Westbrook. We will discuss the direction of the Wizards with founder of Double Take Sports, co-host of the Triple W podcast and Sports Journeys Wizards reporter, Karita Parks. After the break, you're listening to the Urban Sports Scene. For ages. You dig? Deuces. Also on Empire Media. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. EmpireMedia.com. <laughs> Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Are listening to the urban sports scene with Will T 
and myself, Wole. I mean, Will T would tell you like he's the star, so it'd be like the urban sports scene with Will featuring Wole. I guess that's how it goes, or something like that. All right, but um, yeah, I mean that's how it should be. That's right. how, listen, that's how it should read. We're also part of Amplifier Media. Hey, right now we have founder of Double Take Sports, uh, Sports Journeys, Washington Foot, I mean, Washington Wizards reporter and co-host of the Triple W podcast, Karita Parks on the line. What's going on, Karita? What's up? Good to be online with you tonight. Uh, we're, we're glad to have you on. Right, Will T? Definitely glad. Absolutely. Absolutely. How are you doing, Miss Parks? <laughs> Good. You said Miss Parks. You? When you are, now you make her, you are making her proper. You're making her real proper right now, Miss Parks. Listen, that's a, listen when, she, when she <laughs> called in, she was, she was extremely proper. So that's why I think I should have to call her. She, you know, she, she, she's obviously elevated herself from just Karita Parks to Miss Parks. Miss Parker, I'm it's like I'm watching Friday or some some. Hello, Miss Parker. I don't know what's going on right now, bro. <laughs> 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 like, I don't, oh, goodness, <laughs> <not> <laughs> I don't know what's happening right now. Oh my god! So what's going on, Karita? How's every? I mean, how's the how's the podcast? You know, du, you know, Triple W, the Triple Dub. Everything is good. Mm-hmm. Everything is good. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been a lot of Wizards news. Um, we are looking to cover a little bit of the Mystics second half of their season mm-hmm. to kind of keep things going, mm-hmm. but everything's great. Awesome. Awesome. All right. You mentioned the Wizards last week. The Wizards traded Russell Westbrook, uh, for, and the 20, the 2024 second, second round pick and 2028 second round pick to the, to the LA Lakers for Kyle Kuzma, uh, KCP. That's a uh, Caldwell Pope, Montreal. Harrell and the number 22nd pick draft pick, which the Wizards traded to the Pacers for Aaron Holiday and the 31st draft pick, which turned out to be Isaiah Todd. What were your thoughts um, on the trade? Well, I wasn't completely surprised in the sense that I wasn't sure if Russell Westbrook was going to be here past the year. And especially with Coach Scott Brooks being fired, I didn't think that he would necessarily want to be here. But at the same time, with his contract, didn't know if it would be easy to trade him. So I think that it was interesting that the Wizards were able to pull that off. Um, and I, and they get more depth on their roster at this point, which I know for Tommy Shepard is something that he wanted to focus on is depth. Mm-hmm. But I guess we'll see because I know that there's also – they need a – another point guard mm-hmm. so are they going to keep all those guys or use them as, or use some of them as trade assets yeah it's also a question well it's weird that they're about to uh sign spencer Din, uh dinwiddie uh i think he's a two guard mm-hmm. playing to one but uh how would that be if they <laughs> signed if they spent they, they signed dinwiddie was that a good as far as fit i, I think anyone can can it. <laughs> you <laughs> but, mean play? <laughs> right, right, right. Well, I mean, he scored, he averages about 20 points a game, mm-hmm. which is along the same lines as Russell Westbrook, except, you know, since it's not necessarily like a triple W, uh, triple W dub machine. Mm-hmm. Um, I keep wanting to say triple W. <laughs> like our look, I know, That's it's okay. I'm look, 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 you gotta claim it. You gotta Think claim it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, he's not a triple double machine like Russell Westbrook in a sense, but I think he would mesh mesh with Bradley Beal. Um and there's just really I, I was just trying to think, like there's no other I think point guards of free agency right now. I mean there are, but who would be a fit? So I think going with Dinwiddie is just what they have to do at this point. Okay, you are listening to the Urban Sports Scene, part of Empire Media. Empire, that's EmpireMedia.com. Right now, we are talking to Karita Parks, founder of Double Take Sports, co-host of the Triple W Podcast, the Sports Journeys, Wizards Reporter. Okay, Karita, let's get back to the draft. Um, mm-hmm. The one pick that the Wizards did own, which was the 15th pick, they used that selection on Corey Kispert out of Gonzaga. Are you a fan of that selection? I wasn't really blown away by the selection. You know, I get the fact that the Wizards were not good three in the three-point shooting. They only had Davis for time. Uh, Kispert is a good three-point shooter. They, uh, the new coach, Wes Unsell Jr., he said that he also um, is a better defensive player than we think, which, in my opinion, it's almost like he just drafted – someone similar to Davis Bertans, except Davis cannot defend. <laughs> so I'm just oh, not I'm feeling it like that. Unless, unless no. they plan to do something with Davis, but they pay him so much money, you know, I'm just not sure if, if drafting Kispert at this point was the direction that they should have went. I think there was a lot more talent on the board. They, in my opinion, there's other pieces that they could use, but that's what they went with. So, you know. I mean, you know what, Karita? Yeah. That's ahead. why I like having you on this show. Oh, <laughs> you, not only do you uh, inform the people, you are extremely smart in your analysis when it comes to <laughs> uh, the players on the Wizards roster. And I'm just going to be honest with you. I wasn't feeling the pick either. You know, I, I see Corey Kispert and I know that you know he's a he's a better defender than we think than we think he is. But when I see him and I think <laughs> of his game at the next level, I just think of a specialist, right? Yeah, he is. And that's what he is. If you're the Wizards who who really aren't, you know, you made you know you you made the playoffs last year, but let's be realistic, you aren't anywhere close to competing for um, the Eastern, you know, for getting in the top four positions in the East. You need to draft someone uh-huh. who's not who multifaceted and not just a specialist that can only um, help you in one way. Look, man, look, 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 man, I'm I'm about to look, they signed, they got a trade, they traded and they got Kyle Kuzma, man. Like they, they got a dude in Kyle Kuzma. He's going to be at Rose, he's going to be at the Rose Bar, he's going to be at the Rose Bar chilling, you know what I'm saying? So he's going to be out there in these streets and he's going to come back. I need to know why you're not convinced he'll be at the Rose Bar. Oh, I know. Man, he's going to be at the Rose Bar. He may he may even be his feet too. He may be hanging with the youngest and be beating beating his feet. I'm serious. Like Kyle Kyle Kuzma's gonna be all about the city. Like, yeah. You, you think Kyle Kuzma's gonna reach out to uh, John Wall and say, "Hey, John, hey, I bet you." I'm me, telling you, put me down with, put me down with your bruh, bruh, bruh. He gonna reach out to John Wall. He gonna reach out to Javale McGee because they used to be on the same squad together. He ain't Javale. You was in. He was here in the city. Where do I need to go? Where do I need to go? Like to 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 make sure I have a good time. 
I'm telling you, Kyle Kuzma is going to be, Will, we, if we go retro like we were when we were younger and we go in the city and just start walking around, I guarantee you we see uh, Kyle Kuzma like we used to see Andre Blotch. I guarantee it, bro. I guarantee it. All right, well, let's, <laughs> let's, talk another, let's talk about another addition that the Wizards made the draft. Um, with the 31st pick, they, select, they selected G-Leaguer Isaiah Todd, who was a top high school prospect before joining the G-League last year. Um, Karita, does this kid have the legit chance to make an impact on this team? I, I would say he does, <laughs> only because, as we, as we said, this team – you know, is is I don't want to be hard on, them, but they're average right now, right? Yeah, oh yeah, so so average. So I think you're not being hard. You're just speaking your truth. They're not. They're not the. They're not the Lakers, Karita. Truth. Karita, they're not the Lakers. You're right. They are average. They're not the Lakers. They're not even close Look, to being great. Now you know we're not gonna go there. Okay, we, go, we gonna keep the peace. <laughs> we are going to keep the peace tonight. Yes, I'm sorry. I apologize. Continue, Karita. Continue. I apologize. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you know, I definitely think that he he has an opportunity for sure. But it also just depends, especially with a new coach as well. Like I'm really interested to see how um, how he moves and what decisions he makes. But I think at this point, it's anybody's game. Except, I mean, you got Surefire, you got like Rui, Rui, Denny, you know, you have your main pieces. But Mm -hmm. other than that, I think that it's anybody's anybody's game to come in and make an impact. So for this team, I mean, what do you think the overall direction is with this team? And what I mean by that is, like, for Bradley Bill, like, what – are these guys that Bradley Bill can lead? Is this are these guys you think that Bradley Bill kind of wants? But again, because the why I say that is that that this team is built around Bradley Bill, and I'm sure he's been mm-hmm. talked up talked to about all of these players. Like, should we bring this guy in? What do you think of this guy? Like, is this a good fit for you? Like, do you like? Would you like playing with this guy? Because I've even heard that he's close friends with KCP. I didn't know that at first, but I heard he's super tight with KCP. So I just want to mm-hmm. know, like, do are some of these signings and draft draft uh draftees and um people they're trading for or whatnot like is this part of the bradley bill plan now the draftees i don't know if that's a part of the bradley <laughs> bill plan <laughs> now the 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 guys brought in through the trade i believe that brad probably was okay with those uh, with them. And like he's, I mean, Kuzma, he gets a lot of uh, slack, but he's not a oh, bad player. No, he's not. He's not a bad player. I'm serious. He's not a bad yeah, player. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even joking. No, he's not. I'm not even joking. No, he's not. I, I, I think, well, I think what he's proven to be is, and this is no disrespect to him, is he's a, a run of the mill average NBA player, which isn't a terrible thing considering just how great these guys are. Yeah. But, if you're looking to put together a winning team, there you go. If you're hoping to woo uh, Bradley Bill to sign another extension, you have to ask yourself: Does Kyle Kuzma, as your potential number two or number three, will he help take this team within the top four in the East? And I don't think um, I could say yes to that question. I will say this though: What for- about you, Karina? Do okay, you think so? I was about to agree. I mean, I don't think, no, 
I still feel like we're in this constant rebuild mode. Mm-hmm. So, yes, we added pieces, but I don't see any of the pieces that we added just make just making this immediate impact to where, you know, the, the Wizards excel to another level. And the whole... I'm with building the team around Bradley Bill, I suppose. But, <laughs> but it just seems... I say I suppose because it just seems we are working so hard to, to build this team. I often say we. They are working so hard, particularly Tommy Shepard in the front office, to build this team around Bradley Bill. And we don't even know if he's going to stay, number one. Yeah. Yeah. He says he wants to be here, but we don't know if he's going to stay. And then number two, it just seems like we keep adding these pieces around him and we just end up kind of being in the same place. Yeah, and, it's to, and, well, it's, and to be real with you with the situation is that for Bill, and I think people, fans have to, Washington fans, I don't care if I'm pissing, if I'm going to piss off a couple of Washington fans, but um, they have to be real about the situation, like about Bradley Bill. They get so fixated about him scoring 30 points. But we know this in terms of we're talking about you know winning, and Will mentioned and he referenced that, and I totally agree about Coos because I've had the same uh, the discussion about Coos even in L.A. But we're talking about winning, right? And being the guy mm-hmm. for a winning team or a winning organization, winning. Now we when we talk winning, we're talking about championships, right? We don't we don't we're not gonna just say winning to get to the playoffs. We're talking about trying to win the the ultimate goal. Yeah. Bradley Bill Bradley Bill is not your number one. He's not your number one. So. Well, he, you know, you don't look at Bradley Bill and say he's going to lead you to the promised land. He is a good, he's probably a two, he's a two, but he's not a number one. So you're building your team around mm-hmm. a number two. That's the, that's the, that's, that's the, what the, the Wizards have to kind of think about and say to see if that's what the route they want to go. Do they want to be a team that's consistently a four or five seeded team? That's cool. If that's what their goal is, if they're a team that has aspirations to win a championship, then they have to have the thought process that Bradley Bill isn't the guy that's going to lead you to the promised land. He's not that guy. Well, well let me ask you, let me ask you this, Karita. The thought right now. <laughs> Karita, let, yes. me, let me ask you this question. Do you think that, you know, we know that Bradley Bill can score. He can lead, you know, potentially lead the league in scoring. But do you think mm-hmm. he he is capable of being, being the centerpiece of a championship organization? So I spoke on this a little bit <laughs> yesterday. And my oh, okay. issue, like you said, no, 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 it's no. nothing. You wouldn't know that. So yeah. it's nothing. I don't mind repeating myself. Trust me. Mm-hmm. I don't mind. <laughs> uh, but for me, it's like you both said. Bradley Bill, he's talented. He's going to score 50 points and such. But my biggest issue for me with Brad is I've seen him miss so many, in my opinion, game winning shots. Mm-hmm. And to me, if you're the number one, you have to make those shots. And I have seen for season after season, I mean, don't get me wrong here and there, he'll, he'll make a clutch shot. But when it comes to those clutch shots in the game, it's on you. It's on your shoulders. I don't feel like he comes through. And to me, to me, that doesn't make you a number one. Preach. I'm sorry. A number one. Sorry. And I know, like, Michael Jordan is extreme, but I'm just saying, like, a number one, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, 
I mean, like those LeBron. kind of guys. You better said, say LeBron. Why you? LeBron, why you well, okay, I know you don't want I, to, but say it. You don't want to want to, but you're going to have to say it, though. Say it. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. <laughs> I'll have to repeat it. <laughs> shoot, shoot, you can say Giannis now. Giannis too know, now. You can so, say Giannis now. So that for me, um, and I, yeah, I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> okay. Will, do you think he is, though? Will, how about you, Will? What do you think, bro? Uh, I think Bradley <laughs> Bell. No, That's no, no, no. I think start. Bradley Bell is a... No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Bradley Bell is a, a dynamic scorer. Yeah. Like, he, he has a... Nat, he, he's developed, he developed so into true. a guy who could be a, one, a 1A, but I don't necessarily think that uh, Bradley Bill at this point is a guy who's going to lead a team to a championship. Mm. He's not going to. Mm. He's not going to. And, and the simple fact that he's not going to impose his will mm. on his teammates and try to push them. From what I gather, and I don't know if this mm-hmm. is, is true or not. From what I gather, when I see him communicating on the floor, he doesn't seem as if he's imposing his will and trying to make his team take his teammates to the next level. Right mm-hmm. with um, trying to. Not nitpick, but when something's going wrong, yeah. pulling guys over and saying, "Hey, we were supposed to run this set. We were supposed to do it this uh-huh. way. You know, keep your eyes open. You know that that was a terrible pass. Things of that nature." So yeah. I don't necessarily think at this point he is. But could he? Could he over the next couple of years? Once he, you know, he gets into his thirties and he gets a little bit uh, more. I'm not going to say desperate, but he seasoned. He gets, uh, seasoned. It gets a, a, a no. Gets a, a greater sense of urgency mm-hmm. towards the end of his career, <laughs> possibly. It's, it's 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 possible. I mean, we all we we hope the best for Brad, for, for young Brad. Hey, but Karita, uh, before I let you go, I want to say thank you for being on. You know, we, you know, we always appreciate you. Um, please let our listeners how they know how they can catch you on social media and remind them how they can tune into your podcast. Yes, so you can catch me on social media at Karita C. Parks. That's on Twitter and Instagram. Also, be sure to support my company, Double Take Sports. That's at DBL Take Sports. And last but not least, you can check out the Triple W Podcast. You can follow us on social media at Triple W Pod. And we're also on Spotify and iTunes. Well, Karita, you know, we appreciate you. Thank you for being on. You rock. Thank you, Karita. We appreciate you. And thank you, thank you, Miss Parks. We appreciate you, Miss Parks. (laughs) You sound so proper, Miss Parks. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. Uh, Hey, hey, Will T, we don't got to go to break. Uh, Our our guest is here, so I'll just introduce. You can introduce him right now. All right. You want to do that? We don't need to. Yeah, yeah. We don't need to go to break. On the right, right now, yeah, mm-hmm. right now, yeah, I, I got it. <laughs> right now, we have Kevin Nibley from Talk Nats on the line. What's up, Kevin? Hey guys, how's it going? Oh, doing good, Kev. All right. How you doing, my man? Good, man. I, I wasn't traded. I'm still here. I'm, still here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not talking to a bunch of guys in LA, so so I, I, I survived. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> That's hilarious, man. I know. I know that's right. right. <laughs> Speaking of trading, the Nats traded Max Scherzer and Trey Turner to the Dodgers for right fielder, or excuse me, right hander, uh, Jose Gray and catcher Hebert Ruiz and two minor leaguers, righty, mm-hmm. Gerardo 
Correll and outfielder Donovan Casey. How does this move help the team going forward? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, it, it definitely helps the team in the sense that uh, Ruiz looks he's, – he's immediately their number one prospect now. He, he looks like a really good hitting catcher, someone they really haven't had since uh, Wilson Ramos. And um, basically, uh, he, his, he's a switch hitter. His strikeout rate's really low. He, like, almost never strikes out, which is uh, really odd in this day and age of baseball. And, uh, you know, if you YouTube him, um, his power looks really good. He's got a really nice swing. Um, there's a clip on YouTube of him having like a three home run game in AAA and he looks like a monster. So, so that, that's going to be a really good pickup release. Uh, Josiah Gray pitched last night. Uh, he looks good, you know, a young pitcher. It's only his third major league start, uh, but his fastball is really lively. Um, he's got a curve on the slider that are pretty solid and a changeup that he's still working on. Um, but, you know, he would profile probably as a number two or three starter, hopefully, you know, in a, in a year or two when he's like really developing. So, you know, those two ads are really good. The other guys, uh, Carrillo is also a starting pitcher prospect. Uh and Casey's an outfielder uh, with with some power. Hopefully, uh, you know I, I'm not exactly sure uh, how soon they would be ready to really contribute to a big club, but uh, you know I think it was a good move for the Nats. I mean, at the end of the day, they weren't going anywhere this year. They only had two more months of Scherzer anyway, and you know they had a, an extra year of Turner, but they probably weren't going to be able to sign him. Or if they did sign him, they'd have like no money left mm-hmm. to pay anyone else or to form a, a team. So. Sadly, I do think it was time for the Nats to rebuild. And I, I do think with this move, they, you know, some of the other moves they made, they really uh, upgraded their minor league system a lot. You know, you have answered like a lot of my questions. Uh, you're listening to the Urban Sports <laughs> part of Empire Media, AmpireMedia.com. Right now we have Talk Nats, Kevin Nibley on the line. So you mentioned you mentioned uh, Trey Turner. No, th- you're saying that, you know, it made sense to get rid of him. But were you surprised that they did get rid of him? I thought Scherzer would go, but I didn't think. Well, just because of the discussion with Will, I, he started making me making me think that maybe Scherzer could probably would get traded. But Trey Turner did surprise me. I was surprised, and I think the rumor on the, on the street is that Trey himself was like pretty surprised. I don't think he was expecting to get traded. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, I think what it was is the trade deadlines changed a lot, so. You know, other teams aren't giving up really good prospects like Ruiz or Gray for for Reynolds. So I think to get two prospects like that, the Nats had to consider throwing in Turner. And I do think when you look at the way their payroll is structured right now, they don't have a lot of money committed moving forward, but they do have, they're giving like $35 million to Strasburg next year. And I want to say 23 or 24 million to Corbin. And, you know, for them to then sign Turner to your know, Turner would probably get a Rendon got, you know, it'd be like a seven, eight year, 30 million plus a season deal. You know, that that's already there. You're, you're getting close to half your payroll just with those three guys. And, you know, sadly the, the minor league system isn't, hasn't been great. There's not a ton of young depth, you know, before this series of trades. Mm-hmm. So if they were to have signed Turner, then yeah, you'd have, you know, really good, you'd have Turner and Soto and, and, you know, but then you'd have Strasburg and Corbin. Uh, Corbin hasn't been very good and Strasburg's been injured. And then, you know, you're going to need to fill 20, 
uh, two other slots with $90 million or $100 million, and that could be hard. you know. Mm. So I do think with where the Nats were at, it sadly it made sense to get rid of Trey, who, if he was a free agent, you know, if you did resign him, he'd be 30 mm-hmm. in the first year of that. So it's like by the time you got, you were ready, the Nats would be ready to maybe be really good again. He'd be, what, 33, 34, playing shortstop and probably have to move to, you know. And, and, and one thing to keep in mind is uh, there are also a ton of shortstops that are going to be available yeah. as free agents in the offseason, like uh, Trevor Story, Carlos Correa, uh, um, Javi Baez, who just went to the Mets, like, and and I'm, I think maybe Marcus Semien, they're a bunch. So it, the Nets could theoretically sign one of those guys, you know, and then they would have gotten a bunch of prospects too. So maybe they play it that way. Kevin, let me ask you a question, um, because I guess my rationale is, you know, if you decided to get rid of Max Scherzer, then effectively, kind of. Um, your World Series, that window, you know, that window for the World Series is kind of closed, and mm-hmm. the core, the core guys of that team are pretty, pretty much been sold off. How does this team kind of think like the vision of resetting going forward? Right, you know, we mentioned you know building around Juan Soto, but do they, you know, mm-hmm. do you think that they've got enough from these trades to kind of restock their um, farm system, and that's the way they go, or do they go with? free agents and more trades to kind of make this team competitive again? It's a really good question. And and it'll be interesting to see Uh, basically, you know, I would think they're going to want to be competitive sooner rather than later. And one of the reasons I think that is a lot of the pieces they got back in these trades are guys in triple a or pretty close or even Josiah Gray already had a start or two. You know, these are guys that are close to the majors either this year or next year that'll they'll be rookies. So they didn't go out and get a bunch of guys that were in single A that are, you know, three, four years away. So I do think they're gonna wanna come back soon. They will have a ton of money. Um, you know, Corbin, they only have on the books for three more years. And past that they've only committed to Strasbourg. So they'll have a lot of money to retool in free agency. But I, I think my guess, if I had just had to guess, I would say probably if you're a Nats fan, I wouldn't put a playoff deposit down in 2022. I, I don't know if they're going to really try to go for it next year. I, I think next year might be another lean year, but um, you know, maybe by 2023, they, they would be back on their way up. Cause they also have a couple other prospects like uh, Kate Cavalli and Jackson Rutledge, uh, young pitching prospects. So, you know, I think if you're an Nats fan, your hope would be maybe by the end of 22, uh, you have Cavalli, Gray, and Rutledge in your rotation, and then Strasburg's kind of coming back from his surgery. And at that point, you'd have four pretty good starters, and then the team would be ready to buy some free agents. So so I, I had one one question, too, about, about actually about Juan Soto. So do you mm-hmm. think that – do you think they, they're able to keep Juan Soto now? I mean, like give him an extension to keep him for – Pretty much the yeah. lengthy, the, the, so you do think so? Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, you know, a lot of people throw out this uh, thing, you know, on Twitter and in in the sports columns that the learners are cheap, but I, mm-hmm. I don't really believe that because if you look at their payroll, they've actually spent up to the luxury tax pretty much every season. And a couple of years, I want to say like 2016, 2017, they were above the luxury tax. You know, they actually were penalized. And the, the problem is in baseball, if you go above the luxury tax, they start taking away your draft picks and your international money. 
And, you know, that international money is how he even got a guy like Juan Soto in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I don't think I, I do think they will have the money to sign him, whether or not he wants to sign here. I don't know that that's going to be up to him. But, gotcha. I, you know, I do think they will be able to put forward an offer uh, you know, at the top of the market, like I, I think they'll they'll offer him at least what Tatis Jr. got, and probably more. It's just a question if he wants to take it or if he wants to go it. the Bryce Harper out of going right up to free agency. Um, but you know, also when you think of Soto, he's only 22. Like a lot of these yeah. prospects they just got are older than Soto, so Soto's still remarkably young. You know, Trey Turner was going to be 29 next year 30 mm-hmm. by the time you resign him so does 22 so you know that makes a lot more sense to commit 30 plus million a year to a guy like that who you know you know even if you sign him for 10 years you know he's he's you're going to have him through all of his 20s and just a little bit into his 30s so we'll, we'll see but i i think they can and they'll they'll try it just you know it depends on what Juan Soto wants to do i'm sure anyone mm-hmm. he can go anywhere he wants pretty so much do you think that uh so you know you know max is beloved here max it seems like max loves it here too do you think and after this season he's the free agent again does does he come back do you think he can come back i wish you know mm-hmm. I, I would there's nothing i'd love more for you know, him to pull, uh, I think what the Yankees did in 2016, where they traded a role as Chapman yeah, to the Cubs. Exactly, to, exactly. Yeah. Took Glaber Torres and Chapman just came back. I'd love it if that happened. Um, I just, you know, I I don't know. I'm not, I'm not uh, part of the Lerner family. I have no idea how they want to spend their money. I, I mean, yes, in theory, if they wanted to just push in next year, re-sign Max, just sign a bunch of free agents, go for it, and you know, go over the tax. They certainly could do that. I, I'm not sure that I see them doing that. I, I probably would not expect Max back. I would think, you know, like they say, uh, you know, father times undefeated. Yes. I mean, he's amazing, but he still, he is, I think would be 38 next year yeah. thereabouts. Um, so he's probably got at best a couple years left. And I would think he would probably want to spend it with a team that for sure is going to be in the playoffs. Uh, but you know, never say never. Yeah. You know, I, I hope he comes back. I don't know. See, this, that's the thing. Here, he won a championship, and he's he's a, he's with the Dodgers. They'll probably win again because the Dodgers are stacked. And so he, yeah. let's say say he wins two championships. He's he's a free agent. I mean, why not? You know, be with the end his career off with a team that it seems like he loves in the oh in the in the Nats. I hope so. I mean, and, and you know, I'm sure they could offer him. It, it would probably the the comp would be. Uh, what they uh, the Astros did uh, with Verlander exactly. probably be like a two mm-hmm. a two year sixty million maybe maybe they could get him for even a little less than that yeah. they'll have the money I mean they definitely have a lot of money for next year it's just a question of whether Max is going to want to play his last two years on a on a club mm-hmm. that uh, you know might not be ready to go back to the playoffs and you know I guess we just would have to see okay so I have one controversial question before I let you go. Uh, since you didn't yeah. answer our last question, um, so I don't have to ask. We don't, will, does, will, do you, will do you want to ask, ask the question? Because I don't think you have to. So maybe not. All right. I'll so, ask the question. I'll ask. No, I, I'm going to ask the question. <laughs> this question. Okay. Biased. I could. Okay. Go ahead. Because you know I'm biased. I could do it. You know. Because you know how. You know how you're, I feel. You're extremely biased. I don't. I'm, and look, look. I don't I even deny it. I don't deny it at all. Go ahead, Will. <laughs> Kevin, do you think Dave Mar- Davey Martinez is to blame for the early massive reset for this team? No, not at all, really. Um, I, I, Kev, uh, you don't I, agree with me? Okay, go ahead, Kev. Continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, don't, I, I mean, I honestly, uh, you know, maybe I'm rare as a Nats fan, but I don't really have too many problems with Davey. I mean, I think that what the, I think. 
the Nats' problems in 2020 and 2021, their roster issues. The team had next to no depth. Um, you know, they've been trading away uh, a bunch of their younger players who, who ended up being starters like, you know, Lizardo and, you know, uh, Robbie Ray. And they're, they're, the list goes on and on of, of, of prospects they've traded at the deadlines over the years that could have at least been on this team or provided depth, um, you know, and there wasn't any depth. So the second there is there are any injuries in 2020, the second there are any, any injuries in 21, that's when you have guys like, no offense to Sam Clay, but it's like, that's what it's like the injuries. And you have these like guys that, you know, it's arguable if they should even be in baseball, like pitching every night and you have, you know, that's when you're pulling guys like Alcides Escobar, you know, into your everyday lineup and hitting them lead off. It, it's been a roster issue for a while. I think that's why they finally decided to sell the vets to hopefully get some younger guys to fill out the depth on the roster. I mean, even when they won in 2019, I mean, they won that, they beat the Dodgers and the Astros, the literally the only possible way they could have where they won every game that Scherzer and Strasburg pitched. Yeah. They used Corbin and relief and they only used Doolittle and Hudson really like maybe rainy once every so often. But I mean, they won, they beat like two amazing teams based off of like five pitchers. So I think Davey's actually done a really good job <sighs> with what he's had. So I don't blame him. I don't think, and, and the reason I think that it's not like any of these guys, the Nats. Have, it's like Eric Thames went to some other team this year and hit 40 home runs. It's yeah. like these guys aren't going to other teams mm-hmm. and succeeding. They're like out of baseball when they're done here. We've really been at the bottom of the barrel, I think. So I, I don't blame Davey. I think he's done what he, you know, I don't know if he's always the best tactician game to game, but I, this roster's been pretty rough. Uh, they've, we've had star, we've been good at having stars, but we don't have the depth that, that, you know, you really need to compete. You know, the second there's an injury or two, it's over. So uh, on Twitter, uh, thank you, thank what, you for your honest. Wait, 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 uh, wait, Will, <laughs> Will, let me let, let me read this tweet. Can I read the tweet though, real quick, Will, before you try to <laughs> de- de- denounce my opinion? All right, so uh, Malcolm Whoa. Harden tweeted about the same question, said about Davey. Yes, Davey is, is an awful. Davey is an awful in-game coach, terrible lineup guy. Other than leadoff, uh, leadoff legend Kyle Schwarber. And 2019 and 2019 was a fluke. Um, yeah, you know he 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 kind of I kind of vibing Malcolm right now. Um, but because I, I I actually because I, I and I and we've talked about this off um on Twitter um Kevin I actually have mm-hmm. a lot of respect for the Nats roster. I kind of like that because I I look at other baseball rosters and I compare compare it to other rosters and I'm like the Nats have one of the best baseball players in Juan Soto. They have. Yeah. One of the best baseball players, and this is, I'm not being redundant, in Trey Turner. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of teams, and then you got depth of guys who can just kind of get you 20 to 15 home runs. You got versatility in, in your in your whole lineup. You have power, you have speed. There's just so many things you do have, you know what I mean, that within a lineup that certain teams don't have. And I'm talking about teams with lesser talent who are consistent perennial players. Uh, postseason contenders not to say championship contenders but postseason contenders like you look at let's look at what seattle's doing right now like the seattle mariners yeah yeah they're not their roster isn't close to the nets at all you know and i'm looking at teams like that even when i look at i'm an orioles fan right so i'm an orioles Mm -hmm. fan and when buck was in was managing that team initially no one thought after a couple years that that roster would be able to go to the postseason because I guess when I because when I see that you have a stud like Juan Soto isn't just when I watch him he's like kind of like an old school baseball player he's just not just a stud he's a guy that doesn't strike out he looks for his pitch 
You know, he's patient. Yeah. You know, he's not over swinging. He's going with the. He's just he's that dominant to me. And when you got that guy, and you got a guy like Trey Turner with him. You even guys like you know Bale, who who's now kind of gone to the means of being a you know twenty home run hitter. Yeah. Fucks to me, and Kyle Schwarber hitting so x amount of home runs when he was here i'm like you should be better like you should still be better i'm not saying being yeah. great but better <laughs> I, I just I, I feel like the pitching's been right i, I guess like you, you took an optimistic view of the yeah. lineup I, uh-huh. as a nats fan mm-hmm. I, if you had told me like if, if we you know when we talked i think we talked on opening day yeah. you know if you had like laid out if you told me like okay like strasburg's not gonna pitch this year true corbin's gonna be the worst starter i in know the majors. That's a, yeah, yeah no. uh we're you know uh and, you know, we're going to have injuries all up and down the lineup uh, to the point where, you know, we're Alcides Escobar's our leader, leadoff hitter for a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we have, uh, you know, uh, you know, like, like just all of these crazy lineups they've had to have. I mean, if you told me if you'd walked me through the Nats season in terms of their roster, mm-hmm. and, you know, Sam Clay's going to pitch every day, all these things. I would have been like, oh, yeah, like at this point in the season, we'd be 25 games under 500. You know, we'd be like way out of it. Like it would have been a disaster, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. we'd lose 100 games. Where they're actually, they're, I think they're only, what, like six and a half? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, they're not that far out either, to be honest with you. Yeah, but I, I get what you're saying. I, he could be a much, I think he over you. The problem that I have with him, the, the biggest problem I have is he'll take a reliever who's doing well. Like at one point, Suero was doing well yes. a couple of years ago and yes. Rainey was doing well mm-hmm. and he'll pitch them every single day, day. Yes, till they get injured or they become ineffective and then like they lose their confidence. And then when they come back, they're not as good as they were before. Yeah. So I, I do think there's some bullpen issues for sure. Yeah, definitely. So that's all I wanted to say. I'm not going to even go, go in on a wheel. That's all I'm going to say about, that situation i'm not okay i'm not gonna be like wills thinks i'm biased i'm not gonna go there say so kevin before i let, before we let you go what do what do you have a feature on talknats.com and how can folks catch you on social media cool yeah thanks a lot yeah just uh, uh visit talknats.com um it's the best place to talk about baseball and now's a really good time because mm-hmm. we're all figuring out who these new players are together you know there are a lot of we have a lot of guys on there who give a lot of really great uh posts about the prospects and you can kind of learn sort of who the next generation of nats are, are going to be and then uh aside from baseball i do a movie podcast uh, called kevin and brennan give notes it's on Twitter at give underscore notes. And uh, we have a new season that we'll be doing probably okay. in a month or two. And, and you can listen to our first season. It was like uh, nine or 10 episodes. It's pretty fun. So uh, yeah, that's me. And uh, I'm K uh, underscore Nibley on, on Twitter. And uh, yeah, thanks a lot uh, for having me as always, guys. Anytime, anytime. So what's, appreciate the, you, the, Kevin. what's the movie coming out on Friday? There's a movie I want to watch coming out Friday. I'm trying to think. There is a movie I want to see this Friday. It's a good, it's a good movie. What am I? I can't think of it. Kevin, I saw. Sorry. I saw. We're gonna do Fast Nine. It, I I didn't like it, but okay. It, <laughs> but yeah, I was. It was okay. Yeah, I don't know. It was a Fast Nine. I'm trying to think what. I think it's a, it's not a scary movie, is it? I have to think of no. Oh, it's I, I, it's oh no. It is. It's a Suicide it's Suicide Squad. Oh, yes. I, I I haven't seen it. I've I've heard good things about that. Okay, it's sure. coming it's, out. It was coming out Friday. Movie. I think it's coming out on Friday. I think it's coming out. Yeah, they say it's good. Okay, cool. All right. So will you be you'll write on you'll you'll write up on that if you will you see it and write write up on it or not? Or will you? I, I think we'll, we'll, we'll yeah, we're we're laying out our season. We're definitely gonna do <laughs> we're definitely gonna do Dune. I don't know if anyone cares about that. We're okay. definitely we're nerds. We're nerds. We're definitely doing like the Dune remake and okay. I think we're gonna do Fast Nine and okay. uh, we might go back to Fast Five, but we're we're trying to figure out what we're gonna do this next season. But um okay. we'll we'll see if if we like Suicide Squad, we'll definitely do it. All right, awesome, awesome. All right, Kevin, thanks for being on. You know I appreciate you, my man. 
All right, thanks, Buzz. All right. Okay, see you soon. See you. All right. All right. All right. That was Kevin Nibley. Make sure you check him out on TalkNats.com. You can follow follow TalkNats on Twitter at, at TalkNats. All right, make sure you subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also tweet us at Urban Sports Scene and hit us up on our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Check out the home of the Urban Sports Scene at AMP, which is AMP Pyre Media at AmpPyreMedia.com. And this show can be found on DC Podcast. Po- download the DC Podcast app to hear all the of the empire media shows as well as the other great content thank you all for listening will and i appreciate you anyway you've been listening to the urban sports scene for ages yeah dig deuces hey mega leaders out big homie